Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Luckily, I read light in the middle of the night last night when there was uh, no one around, uh, except for mm-hmm. I was I was doing rehearsals for a horse. So um, do tell. Uh, Brian, your job off, is very air. strange. Oh, I literally <laughs> built a sound system for horses once. Um, we were putting Are the horses. He's not coffee enough. No, 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 no. So they decided that they wanted to put. There's an area of the. Trying to think of how to do this without getting myself fired. There is an area of where I work that has <laughs> an open field, but it's also part of uh, the experience. So it has sound effects involved in it as well of like wildlife. So we had to build a sound system in the barn and play the loop of the wildlife sounds for the horses for a couple of weeks beforehand. So they got used to hearing recorded like bobcats and shit so that they didn't freak the fuck out when we put them out on the actual <laughs> land. <laughs> So there is that. That is hilarious. Yes. Um, So last night we were rehearsing the horse um, playing a famous horse character and walking through the area. Sure, (laughs) we'll say that. Like Thank I, you, I, I think it's interesting, so I'm trying really hard not to give away where I fucking work. But uh, I've also said where I work uh, at, at Comic Cons before, so who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, so we um, so we Let's had that horse. Nick and Mike tropes. Yeah, no, for sure. So so we were we were rehearsing uh, Mr. Ed, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, because you know we have to do it uh, when we're not open, we do it in the middle of the night. So last night I was rehearsing Mr. Ed. Uh, of course. But the the funny thing is... I see what you did there. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that uh, the the handlers of the horse they one point in time called up and said, "Hey, can can we come up and take a look at um, where you control all the sound from?" Um, and I was like, "This sounds so fucking clunky because I'm trying really hard to censor myself." Um, but uh, and I was like, "Is there? What, what, can I come down and see the horse?" They're like, "Yeah, sure." I'm like, "Then fucking come on up." So like, we I gave them a tour, and then they have this deal where like, and I it's become enough that they like know me. So if other people in my department come horses? Up and say no, the people the horses handlers some of the horses. Okay, but like so, like I'm like the like my dropping name dropping me means you can go talk to the horses. Like that literally is this thing where they're like they're like, hey, so uh, the issue becomes is if the horses start to talk back. I mean, they are Ed, so that's what they're trained to do. So (laughs) it is the middle of the night. It is the middle of the night, and they do talk back. But um, Lord, yeah, Uh, I I cannot put into words how much this has amused me. uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to listen back to it and hear myself stumble over trying to censor out. (laughs) Words, yeah, and why none of it's gonna actually end up in the episode. I worked so hard on it though, I might say, because like that was really some brain power in the morning. This might just stay there. Uh, (laughs) future Brian, cut this out. You live in a state, yeah, where mind altering substances of both liquid and solid forms and vapor forms are there. Yes, that's true. That is very, very true. Which uh, may or may not, probably not, but maybe, been involved. Uh, they were not involved because that would get me fired. So, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Because All although right. although state law allows for federal law does not, and my company stretches across uh, multiple states state lines. And, uh, and or countries, and so therefore we have to follow federal law. So... Brian, you were just giving people Easter egg after Easter egg. I know. Easter egg, egg after I know. Easter egg. <laughs> I know. I'm no you one. You just left that alone. No one fucking cares. Um, anyway, uh, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, we are on book four of Al- 
Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Uh, this is like issues 44 through 50. I think we end up with the big 50th yes. issue. Um, uh-huh. We actually build up to what we were building up to last week. We kind of get yeah. to where we were heading. And you get to see a lot more of Constantine, who varies yes. between... I'm, I'm 90% sure he was supposed to look like uh, Sting uh, in his police days yeah. is where I think yes. that he was drawn yes. to look like. Okay, I'm not crazy on that one. Uh, but yeah, we have uh, two people in a state that does not allow uh, mind-altering substances and two people who live no, in adult no, 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 states. No, it, it, it does. A medical card, you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, and what you can go to the doctor and be like... Nighttime. Okay, so only two of the four of us are able to use recreational. Oh, okay. Technically, only one of you can. So I mean, yeah. I could. I just am at risk of getting tested Well, what's work. funny is I could, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. anyway, so, uh, the sober two are Todd and Adam and yep, yep. the allowable, but not partaking are Elena and myself, Brian. What up? Hey, <laughs> I actually read this week. I know. I'm excited Yay! for you. I'm excited. So, here's my question. Yeah. Do you go back and read all of them or just no. listen to what we said? <laughs> I just listened to lot. what you said. That's like 800 pages. Too much. Yeah. I tried reading. I read through half of the first, the first volume. Uh-huh. Um, and then I gave up and I got through this one, although I did take a nap in the middle of reading it because <laughs> um I am not we'll get into it but I'm good on this series oh. like mm. I don't know how I feel okay did you have the weird the highlight dreams? well the highlight of this whole thing honestly was seeing Zatanna and that's only oh, because yeah. my sister is like that's her favorite comic book character is Zatanna mm-hmm. um but beyond that I'm like eh, I don't really care yeah okay yeah. interesting I don't have a segue yeah. for that uh but um <laughs> yeah Mr. Adam what is the this week's cocktail uh yeah this week's cocktail is called the black pearl you take an ice filled shaker you're gonna add two ounces of dark rum a half ounce of oriat uh three quarters of an ounce of lime juice and a quarter of an ounce of fernet branca however you say mm. it uh you shake the shit out of it you strain into an ice filled glass and garnish with a mint sprig okay i'm not gonna correct you on two of those words there but that's okay um well i went online to see make sure the one word was pronounced properly but i don't know what which one or or fernet or i think it's I was- or when i was online or jot or jot okay and it's uh, fernet yeah yeah <laughs> fernet is quite the powerful spicy it is and substance. like i don't know if it's still a trend but for for a while there was a trend of bartenders drinking fernet um like just straight and so like i i talked to a few bartenders and like i'd done like shots of fernet with them and i mean it was okay i guess but like is it like what flavor is it it's very dry like it's super fucking uh-huh. dry um i don't know how i would describe the flavor i, I just remember it's, it's one of those weird things where like you drink it and your mouth you instantly have like cotton mouth like it's really odd um hmm. i always wondered like i hear bartenders doing that i'm like does it blow out their taste buds for everything else i don't know or is it a is it a palate cleanser is what i want you know what i mean that's, it, that's it, yeah like ginger is very powerful and then it dissipates but yeah, yeah. for now it might do the same thing yeah i don't know it's it's just interesting i mean i've it's never had it so it's it's it yeah and it it's not bad as a mixer for sure um it right. does add an interesting body to things but like straight it's just i mean to each their own but it's a little bit weird um so uh well lena since it sounds like you needed a drink to get through this book what is your drinking game rule i know him Ah, i know him uh every time you see a dc character that you're like hey take a drink okay (laughs) how often did you meet one that you didn't know quite a bit 
right. I don't know DC very well, to no, be honest. Funny. And there's some, uh, and um, there's a number of characters that are haven't been popular in the last. So yeah. Well, and keep in mind the only reason I knew Zatanna because when I saw her, and then I saw that she was, and he mentioned her costume, mm-hmm. and she yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, top hat," and I was like, "Wait a second, yeah, I do know who she is." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but that's just because of my sister. She's very much like Tori is very much a DC person, although she loves Marvel too, but she very much loves DC. And so, um, Zatanna is a big one for her. And so that's why I was like, Hey, I know who that is. But for most of them, I was like, you look familiar and I kind of think I know who you are, but yeah, sure. When I saw people, I knew I got very excited. (laughs) All right. I know him. I know him. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, our other big time DC fan, uh, Mr. Todd, what is your drinking game? All together now, as we've been building up through the series and all these characters start grouping together and you're like, Oh, there's a plop. There's a person I've seen before coming back into play again. Take a drink. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out the title of my drinking game, but, um, I think I'm going to name it in, um, in honor of Adam and I'm going to call it <laughs> naughty, naughty. Um, <laughs> every time the pervy Alan Moore that we all know from other books starts to peek his little head out and, uh-huh. uh, and women are, uh, you know, half naked and, or, um, there's discussion of tantric sex, um, and all sorts of other things. Uh, take a drink. Sure. Uh, and all Mr. Right. Adam, uh, my- it's called I'm going to sing the doom song. Uh, basically, anytime they talk about the apocalypse, doom, the end of all things, take it. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! Doom, 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 for you young whippersnappers out there, back in the day, they, for some ungodly reason, gave the guy who created Giant Homicidal Maniac a cartoon on Nickelodeon. Don't ask me why or who thought that was a good idea. It was wonderful. It was. It was. Uh, speaking of, I actually have, I got it at Terrificon, God, got to be like, well, obviously before, before last year, but it, I think it was in like 2018. I have a mashup of Doctor Who and Invader Zim. Oh, nice. Really? And it's uh, the Matt Smith Doctor. So it's the Doctor, mm-hmm. um, which I'm more of a 10th Doctor fan, but that's fine. Um, wow. But I have a mashup. So I just thought it was cute. I'm like, oh, and uh, Gurr is dressed up like uh, Rory uh, in the gladiator outfit. Mm-hmm. For those of you who know Doctor Who. Um, so I have that up. It always, it goes everywhere with me, but it's, it always is somewhere in any of my bathrooms. So it's hanging up in the wall in my bathroom now, but I, nice. yes, love, love, love Invader Zim. And if you haven't watched at least the first episode from the old one, you need to do it because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Cause they did a, they did a comic a couple years ago. Didn't they just do like a reboot rething on Netflix or. Yeah. Like yeah, they did. They, so all of the episodes are on, Netflix and they mm-hmm. um and then the creator brought it back for I don't even know how long for how many episodes and they um I haven't watched any of the new episodes but yeah 
I, but the old school one, I very much enjoy hmm. and love. Though. Okay. Uh, awesome. Well, Lena, since you were not a fan and you were uh, joining us in our Swamp Thing journey, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm still on, you know, I'm still a fan of the art. I really like the art. I love how every time he pops up somewhere, he kind of looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like when he went down to South, I think it was South America, he yeah. had the like mohawk. Yeah thing on top yeah, of his head cool. and he looked very more very furry tribal and kind than... of thing yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so i liked that i thought that was interesting i you know the art the art in all of this is is i you know one thing i could actually comment on out of mm-hmm. all of these episodes um but if you're playing our drinking game for the episodes yet again i have no idea what's going on now that doesn't mean that i'm a total idiot but i didn't read any of the other books so i'm coming in literally midway through what the hell's happening so um yeah uh the shit that people were eating off of him i'm oh, a little yeah. confused that disturbs me at a primal level <laughs> That was very strange. And when she's, when I think it's Abby, is her uh-huh. name, uh, when she was like in I'm the hungry. swamp with him and she's like, I'm hungry and just starts eating. And the look that they drew on his face was kind of like, okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to flip the page really fast. This is really creepy. And then people are taking photos and you see the like, the guy uh-huh. that I guess runs the tabloid or the newspaper or whatever yeah. was like, well, these were everything. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And then she gets arrested because of it. Cause they say she's a sex offender. But then the cop that arrested her was like, well, I've seen men who've had sex with laundry and animals, and this is even worse. And I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um, I'm still trying to get my head around the laundry part of that. Yeah, I know, right? I fresh, mean, fresh warm sheets. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, there I can go. imagine, like, you know, having a a, a a love and a fascination for the smell of like dryers, you know, like uh, dryer sheets or like, you know, fresh clean laundry or whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, I guess like it would be like, you know, akin to, you know, maybe you just love tube socks or something. I don't know. Well, every single teenage boy does. Either yeah. way, yeah. The, the fact that she brought in bestiality and that upset her less than this woman making out with a plant i don't know and and even then she was just eating a like a piece of his whatever was growing on him and i guess it i mean it definitely felt very sexual which creeped me the (laughs) fuck out but i was like are you is it is it supposed to be sexual am i do i just have a dirty mind but no there's an implied sexual component between abby okay uh, well she has no top on either yeah she's like walking around with just shorts on too so i'm just like i'm definitely sexy times Uh uh-huh um and then all the stuff with with Constantine, i was just like i don't care (laughs) i don't care at all i he seems like such a dick and yeah. the whole, the, like, the, the, and the girl, when they were in South America, that had the mohawk. Oh, and, yeah. Like, she vomited up, her I guess, gut. all of her insides. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she was just a head with, like, a shriveled up, it looked like a claw, but I guess it was her body. I don't know. It was very, the whole thing was, like, I'm like, <laughs> I this is up I there. feel like I've missed <laughs> some part of whatever this genre is that I just don't get. I am not a horror fan. 
I'm like, I like true crime, but I'm not like a horror person. Yeah. Yeah, It's just not my shtick. It's Mm -hmm. not my thing. And I'm not really into it. And so I was going through this and I was like, yeah, this ain't, this ain't written for me. I am not the audience for these books whatsoever. Um, so that has been my name on everything. It's not bad. It's not badly written They're Like the characters are interesting and the things that happen, like the guy that finds at the beginning that finds the uh, looks like a sweet potato. Right. Uh, Everybody has like a different reaction to Mm -hmm. what it like when they eat it. Yeah. Um, was really interesting, but so there are parts of it that are really interesting, but the like the the very big horror aspect, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, it's okay. It's just I'm I, but I'm not the right audience for it. It's just not my thing. Um, Brian could tell you that. Brian tried to get me to watch a lot of horror movies before, and I just not. I think that's the most I've ever watched horror movies before. I mean, the only reason I've ever seen House of a Thousand Corpses is because of Brian. Um. <laughs> Watch your horror mouth. Yeah. I don't like that movie. I tried multiple times. I've watched it multiple times. And every time I'm like, maybe I'll like it this time. And then I'm like, no. But you haven't watched Godfather yet. Well, because I need someone to sit down and watch it with me. I want it to be a shared experience. So that way someone who's seen it before, this is what I do. So if I have a movie I love and Uh someone's never seen it before, I kind of be like, hey, we're going to put it on. I do the little side glance to see how they're reacting to it, to see if they're excited at the parts I am. Oh, see, that drives me crazy. I'm just like, let me watch it. Yeah, no. Like, I... I, I also would rather, like, if it's really a movie that means a lot to me, um, if, unless I'm in a romantic relationship with the person, I'm just like, you watch it and we'll talk about it. Like, I don't want to be, right. I'll be weird the entire time. So, yeah. Yeah, so I got exposed to a bunch of BS that I would have never watched otherwise. There was only mm-hmm. one time, we watched House of a Thousand Corpses. Christopher was the one that freaked the fuck out. And yeah, that's true. Me. Um, the only one that really got me and still to this day, I will never watch it again because we watched the original together mm-hmm. was Amityville Horror. The original oh, yeah. I could get through. Yeah. But the one we, but with Brian Reynolds, we got back to the, the apartment and I made Brian turn on every light. He had to check the closet. He checked <laughs> under the bed. He looked in the bathroom. Like every light was on. The yeah. <laughs> because I, that movie freaked me the fuck out and then we had to watch superstar after we got oh, home right. because <laughs> i couldn't sleep handle it. it was so bad i do remember that so i'm not a horror movie person yeah <laughs> well you should watch books are definitely not geared before to you me. go camping yeah blood watch blood Witch before you camping uh no. yeah right so uh the new blair witch was pretty good I, did you see that with me yeah i was with yeah you. it was cool we went in and they had like the people watching you and like little like lanterns and stuff oh. and things that like fought shit in the theater it was fun yeah it was pretty good interesting all right brian yeah oh yeah no so as far as the horror movie thing goes i've um been watching some horror movies at work but because uh there are other people around i wear headphones and wearing headphones while watching a horror movie especially something like the conjuring will fuck with you more than anything else because like <laughs> that movie is so like audio driven that like that got me a couple times. They're, like I've seen that movie a few times, but watching it with headphones, I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, no, but I think the interesting thing about this book, as far as the horror aspect goes, is in some of the earlier stuff when um, 
Alan Moore takes over, it becomes such a, a comment on like environmentalism and shit like that. You forget that it actually is based like it's a horror comic book. Like that's where it came from. That's what it was supposed to be. And this sort of does an interesting line of tying together the horror elements with um, a major DC crossover event, which I think is interestingly handled. And I think an yeah. interesting thing. And like, and then having this really psychedelic kind of conversation. So like it really fits into this world of like, 80s major crossovers with like 50s horror comics and 60s psychedelic uh, aspects of it. So it's like it's like it's like Jack Kirby made a horror book in the 1980s. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of how how it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting. Um, I I was also sort of fascinatedly interested in the fact that at least from my experience, I didn't realize that John Constantine was the same character from Jump Street. Like he was always kind of that asshole. Um, right. and it's interesting because like I guess I'm just used to seeing characters slightly evolve over time it's interesting to see a character so embedded into what that character is and will be like right from the gets go that like it was, that was just very interesting to me uh, that he jumped out that way but uh, yeah also um, for those playing at home we were talking about uh, Swamp Thing and his uh, sexual relationship with Abby Arcane uh, the phrase dendrophiliac is uh, someone who has sex with trees so uh, one of my favorite useless weird factoids that I know so uh, there's some dendrophilia in here. Um, Lena's shaking her head at me because I know this. Um, I just... So when did Little Shop of Horrors come out? The original movie or 50s. the musical? Yeah, I don't care. First. Uh, yeah. The original 50s. It's, uh, yeah, it's 1950s. Okay. That's a... Is it an H.G. Right. Lewis movie? I don't know. But yeah, it's... I think it was a short film, wasn't it? No, it's, I mean, it's a little bit longer. It was a B picture for fucking short. But um, the weird useless fact is, is one of the um, small parts is actually... Uh, played by Jack Nichols or Nicholson. Like he was a very young guy. He plays a, um, like a dude who is addicted to pain and is trying to get the dentist to like really fuck him up. Um, wow. yeah, it's, it's a very strange scene. Um, so it was 1960. Oh, Roger Corman directed it. Roger Corman. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, let me see who's in it. So I was just there's the aspects of this, you know, the sexy times of the plan. For whatever reason, Feed Me Seymour always came up. Yeah. As I was looking at this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not what I got at all. Feed me Seymour. <laughs> feed, feed me Todd. all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Those lyrics work really well in that uh, context, Todd. That, so uh, yeah, here's, wild. here's what's funny. So it was 1960. It was 72 minutes long, had a $30,000 budget. And off Wikipedia, I love this. The box office says it was 25,000 admissions in France. So however much an admission cost was how much money it made times 25,000. But only in France. Only in France. That's all it says. <laughs> That's interesting. It's a Wikipedia page asking for more context. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So uh, asking for more context, Todd, what are your thoughts? So this one was really interesting. because This is book four of six. And yeah, I mean, we're hitting issue 50 at the end of it. And it's called The End. And it could be a nice little end of it all. Yeah. So as I got in, I'm like, two more volumes, Alan. Huh. <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Um, but it opens up. Um, swamp Thing's only kind of in it is you've got this old drugged out hippie walking the swamps, picks up this yam, and he's trying to figure out what it is. And one person shows up and goes, wife's dying. Do you have anything she can blast out on so she's okay? Eh, try this. It might do something. And then another guy comes in. He's like, I've got to have my fix, man. Um, the woman that's dying, it's like a full DMT blast. And, you know, everything 
everything is music on steroids. And then the other guy is just super asshole about it. And what I found so interesting, though, is that did feed into it is you're like, oh, this is a weird one off. And then you have Abby having a bite of him later. Uh And she's doing the everything is music kind of going on there. So you've got this weird, I mean, without showing, I mean, it's uh, you saw she's topless, but without anything explicit with that previous issue going in there and she's taking a bite of him. It's like, oh, she's tripping balls now. And Uh she is going full rage on. And I found that as an interesting bit going into that um and then it goes on as the crisis on infinite earths thing is reaching around and you've got john constantine going all right i'll tell you everything he meets the parliament of trees where Mm -hmm. he then goes oh here are all my predecessors and all the names are just slightly different Mm -hmm. than what my name was and we died in flames in the swamp and was reborn and eventually we just got bored with life and going i'm above it all i'm just gonna plant myself Mm -hmm. which um was interesting what it also kind of reminded me of goes back and forth is there was this truly terrible movie of the Highlander TV show made into a movie. Mm-hmm. And Endgame? there was the concept of their, yeah, of Sanctuary where all of these um, immortals would basically be put into a dream coma kind of a deal to pass the time away. So, and I'm like, huh, that's a, that's just where that brought me to. But yeah. we come back to Dead Man and Etrigan. We've got the Phantom Stranger and then we have the Spectre and you're like, oh shit. And then you've got Zatanna, Zatanna's dad you have dr fate there's constantine and you're like wow this whole the band is all together kind of a deal yeah and it's this is the magic horror element of it and you've got the weird house in a previous episode that was filled with ghosts that isn't that uh really isn't that a reference to house of mysteries it might be the house of mystery yeah, i think that's house, house of mysteries, mysteries. so you've got yeah, alan that's coming to dc and he is tying all sorts of different properties and characters together and then you've got little cameos of batman they're going what up i know this guy's weird we're on it yeah and he runs away and you're like that's hilarious yeah so but he is tying all these characters in as he's off on his own doing this thing but says no i'm still part of the dc thing just remember that and there's that crisis of everything else and it's like oh you need to include this and he includes it i think as a brilliant manner mm-hmm. of way it goes about it of they're doing their thing over here i'm going to do my thing over here and yet it all ties together um i think one of my my two favorite moments i'm pulling this up here is i take pictures of the stuff that i really like of the captions <laughs> is i do enjoy his writing quite a bit but the one where it really got me to is like um costine you promised me answers instead the questions keep getting bigger it's a swamp thing costine replies that is surely the human condition mr costine can hardly be blamed oh sorry that was young luther <laughs> got a kick out of that line and then the mm-hmm. other one is but the worst thing is the way they wear their waist make their waistcoats mm-hmm. no no i tell a lie that's not quite the worst thing but it's the next to worst thing and it's you're like what and then he describes the waistcoats and you're like dude this is some fucked up ed gein shit yeah and he's like and it's not even the worst thing and then he starts to talk about the worst thing he's like never mind i've got to sleep at night yeah and I thought that was beautifully done because like oh that is gross oh that's disgusting how that is needs jesus <laughs> and you've got this and he's just really going there and then as they're fighting this big evil marble bubble and everyone goes in to fight him and the bubble's going well what is evil and what is yeah. good and he doesn't like the answer when he does 
doesn't like the answer, he spits him back out, and Swamp Thing goes, yeah, it's all part of a cycle, man. <laughs> and you need the evil for the good. From evil springeth good, and good falls back to it again, and yet it's a cycle, and the thing goes, all right, so I can't be vanquished, I'm just part of it, so let's evolve into something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond the simple black and white of this is good, this is bad, and it's nothing in between. It was, here's the whitest of white, the blackest of black going, it's all needed, it's all this, and there's stuff in between and it says and they talk about later it's like oh things have changed a little bit and it's almost like there's more nuance to mm-hmm. the universe now than just that simplicity of that concept mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that and what's interesting is people died zatanna's dad died yeah other characters you didn't care about died but and i think he's just <laughs> been dead from this point on <laughs> I don't think Zatanna's dad ever came back after this. Uh, so, I don't think anyone realized it or cared. <laughs> yeah. But as a thing, though, but it, it's affected Zatanna later on. We all care yeah. about Zatanna's like, but, and you've got Constantine and Zatanna. They used to be kind of a thing and date a little bit, but, you know, dead dad, Constantine, and this whole thing tied together. So it's, um, it is horror. It's got that erotic, sexy time thing, as a lot of good horror tropes do. I mean, that's definitely part of it. And it's got the scariness. It's got the weird gook. It's got him coming out of sinks and bathtubs and reconstituting himself. It's got him sulking. And the, re- the relationships are written well. People are varied. They're not just good. They're not just bad. Sometimes they have their off days. And Constantine's a dick. Yeah. I kind of like the guy. <laughs> always yeah, always has thought. been, always will be. Yeah. So right. cool. Uh Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? Well Todd took them all. Okay. So <laughs> Uh, no, so what's and what's funny is I was as I was going through this again, Lena. It was almost like this is a perfect episode for you, or issue for you to hop in on, not because it's the middle of it and you're like I don't know what's going on, but to be completely honest, aside from the fact that there are the characters you may not know, like Etrigan, but he's in other stuff. Um, you know, some of the other characters just kind of pop up, which, as you guys have said, were crossovers from DC. This almost feels standalone because as much as we talked about last time, it was like the jumping off platform. It was like building to this. Mm-hmm. This just kind of did its own thing. So, you know, you you didn't really need to know all about the fact that Constantine was leading them all over the place. In a sense, you did, because it goes back to what Todd was saying about the whole argument in this book. And I think you could look back on the last three graphic novels and say it's tied into that is what is good and evil mm-hmm. and at the very very end when after swamp thing comes out and like the big evil and the big good grass pans and now it's like a yin yang type of thing yeah you could almost think it's anticlimactic if it wasn't for the fact that that's what everything was leading up to was that you have to have that mixture of the two like you said to have some nuance and realize that there are shades of gray because this whole thing like when swamp thing kills the dude who's the serial killer yeah he's yeah. like well is this good I, i've seen so much evil everywhere like what does this mean and then he goes to i called it the ent moot because that's what it reminded me of and they're like you know don't get drunk with power he's like well what's good and evil it's a cycle that's where he kind of learns it and then yeah he goes into the monster van i like the fact that he's just like oh well you came peacefully so you can leave peacefully bye mm-hmm. uh that whole conversation was he's like shit i don't know it's mm-hmm. like i'm totally trying to figure this stuff out myself but you can see that if he would have gone in and tried to fight it i mean he was saying that was so powerful because he learns all the things that he didn't know he could do when he's down in the green with the, the other uh spirits and stuff is that yeah he would have gone in i guess guns blazing if you want to say that you know kind of thing over the edge to where there could have been that war between mm-hmm. the dark and the light and instead it was just kind of like, like well I don't know what the fuck's going on, but this is what I kind of learned. So maybe it'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay. Sounds good. Let's shake hands and be done with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at first it did come across as really anticlimactic, but then going back and thinking about it and like kind of flipping through it again, it's like, this all makes sense. This is a hundred percent what it had to be because it, 
you couldn't have had this big battle because nothing would have won. And what's interesting, I've never read Crisis on Infinite Earth, so I didn't realize that's what was kind of going on. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask about that because I was like, wait, mm-hmm. so the heroes don't seem to care what's going on because the Earths are here. And that little segue with them was kind of like, okay, so there's three pages of weirdness that I don't understand. Um, but I'm interested to see where it goes because we've been talking about this has all been build up, build up, build up, and then you get the payoff. Mm-hmm. But I, where do you go from the final battle between ultimate good and ultimate evil? I don't know what the next step would be in this story unless Swamp Thing's got to rescue What's-Her-Face because she's now wanted by the police. I don't know. Um, it, I mean, I enjoyed it a lot and was, like Lena said, everything was really well done. But now I'm kind of like, well, where are we going to go now? Because yeah, it feels like sure. we've already blown our wad. So. Yeah. Well, and we get to find that out next week and figure it all out. Is this uh, true? If Lena still keeps reading with us. Or if she hates our hates us all. I don't hate it. It's, just, it's not my <laughs> not your cup like, of tea. Yeah. Jam. It's not my cup of tea. It's yeah. not. But I'm not the demographic. Like I wouldn't. This is not something I would have ever. But I would have read the first. I would have gotten through the first one that I borrowed, and I would have uh-huh. been like, eh, yeah, okay, I'm never gonna read another one. We're done. Yeah. So like, it's just not. It's not something that I would. Um, I would keep reading if I didn't. have. Yeah. Hey, vegetables are good for you. <laughs> and psychedelic. Um, I also Although I did like uh, really fast with the, the psychedelics is that the guy who found the little like yam thing at the yeah. very end, he's like, oh, I guess it, it does whatever you are inside. If you're a good person, this happens. And he goes over to take a bite. He's like, I'm a pretty good person, aren't I? Maybe. I, fuck it. No, never mind. I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. like chance it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a interesting, um, like almost uh, even the apple in the Garden of Eden thing, uh, right? You know what I mean. Which I think is interesting. The the thing also that sort of has uh, occurred to me as we were discussing this, and in this issue in particular, is like part of my love of horror is, and I quote it way too fucking much, is uh, a book that basically says uh, talks about how you can learn a lot about a culture by what it fears. The interesting thing about this is, I think it also falls into the category. What what I think just in general, not necessarily horror but genre art whatever it is television or comics or whatever does really well in an interesting way is to take very big concepts and discuss them in a like change the, the the venue to discuss them in a very interesting way that you can take these big concepts and kind of discuss them in a uh, or like at least make them more approachable which i think is really interesting i think it's it's something that um kirk vonnegut does incredibly well which is why he's my favorite mm-hmm. author um i would say like alan moore i think is very adept at doing it i I don't think he's as good as Kurt Vonnegut, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, but it is interesting to see, like, the, there is some interesting connection between uh, the the nature of good and evil, and there's some real like stoner philosophy kind of stuff with the the yams and the, the you know the trippiness of all of it, and you know being at one with the earth and using that to travel through and gaining knowledge and and you know I don't know it's just it's very I, I think it does do some very interesting things, and I am curious as you said, Adam, to see where it ends up, um, you know where. Because my guess would be predicting the next two books is that the next one I have a feeling will build up for something. We'll start the build up for something that you will finally have sort of um, uh, payoff at uh, the end of the last collection. That's my theory. Um, What's gonna ha- is there going to be a, a separation? I say a separation, an ending of a relationship between him and Abby. I don't know. I I would say in in another world or another writer, I think that that would might be likely. I don't. I think that that feels like it would be too easy of an option for. Alan Moore. Or, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I feel like he would want to go somewhere weirder or go into something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, that feels too mainstream for me. He's sort of like a weird hipstery kind of tree wizard. She, she yeah. dies and he absorbs her like he does with the rat. 
Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm just that guessing, is interesting. That now they're always together. Yeah, that I, is an interesting idea. Watch, I bet that happens. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if that happens, but I just kind of threw it out there. <laughs> now, here's the other question. Then, okay, so we're gonna fanfic this just for a second, uh, theoretically sure. speaking. Um, so <laughs> I love that, Elena. <laughs> <laughs> it uncontrollably just came out of her. And she's like, oh, <laughs> like these fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> Oh, and it worked for like Alan. What Moore's have naughty, I gotten myself into? Yeah, naughty, naughty <laughs> sex stuff too. So it does, and so that that's my question: is the then do you have? So he absorbs her, and he yes. can does does he split part of himself out and create a swamp version of her as well? So they're like you know the bog couple so or something like that. You love. I mean, that's how he was created. It was that the his consciousness was absorbed by the, the exactly. Swamp so so if, in a fire, if, it's always fire. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Does that mean? Always- but could he cremate her in order, or does the conscious still have to be awake? Once you have to be alive flame? when it happens. Yeah, they were okay. in flames into the swamp, is how they all the previous elemental avatars of the green. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I here's all I, right. Now, now, okay. Now I'm curious to, to see if this happens. What do, what do we? What does Adam win if he's right? That's the other question. Todd and Brian have to come out here and watch Godfather with me. Okay. Deal. That's a deal. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Uh, Zubat, something else you want to add? Um, I think issue fifty was the final issue for the our um, main artists that we've been reading for the most oh, part, okay. and they're off the book now. Mm. So Bissett is gone, as well as the um, Stephen Bissett and John Tottleben. Issue fifty was it for them? So okay. it's different artists from here on out. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um, Adam, you're on mute. No, I was saying John Toddleman. He's it's still for book five. Oh, is he? Yeah. Right. Well, because I, I have it on issue. my because I I got them all on unlimited, and the ones I didn't, I bought. So all right, maybe it's the sixth one. Maybe. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. Sorry. All right. Interesting. Oh, there you go. But going all back right. to what I was thinking was, where is it going to go? I mean, this is Alan Moore. So, you know, he probably has like, he had like 60 million pages of the outline where he wanted to go. Right. Yeah. So it's got to be probably somewhere. something weird and creepy sexy. So, you know, like, that's you know, right. That's the way Alan does. Yeah. So cool. Uh, well, Mr. Todd, what is your grade for this week? I thought it was great. I'm going to give it an A. Okay. Uh, Lena. So keep in mind, this is not my, I'm, I'm not the right demographic. I'm going to say B. I'm just mm-hmm. not sure. like it does what it's supposed to do. I'm sure, but for me, I'm just like me. Okay, all right, so Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm Todd going to go with an A as well. It wrapped everything up. It did it in a way that was kind of self-contained, but wasn't like there was more to dig out of it if you knew what had happened previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't know where it's going to go now. Yeah. And um, I'll also go with an A. Um, I think of the series, like my first book was my favorite. And I think this is probably my second favorite um, of these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think they're fairly close. Um, but like, yeah, just the where he, where he's going with this, I think is very interesting and where he's taking a horror character. But um, cool. So next week we are going to be reading book four of this uh adam can you tell me what book five book five sorry book five, five. yes this was book four wow um adam what, what books are those or what what issues are those um hang on let me look oh, let's go to the end so it's probably what 51 through 58 out uh, of 51 through 56 and then it says features of the classic stories the garden of earthly delights and my blue heaven so oh. it's i love that movie yeah so six <laughs> issues and then <laughs> so then two other things okay so cool uh so yeah so maybe a little bit of a short this is a short one too wow it's only 160 pages nice there you go well cool uh well thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week for a, a slightly smaller collection of uh swamp thing comics and uh we will see you all later bye, bye.
You know what I've noticed with this is with Alan Moore, either we give it an A or an F. There's like no middle ground of anything yeah. that he does. He swings for the fences, man, for sure. He's like always he, swinging. I'll yeah, give him that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 